Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Mike on too. There we go. 12.35 at Emmett. 12.33 at Emmett. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you. Where guests received your certificates to Roos Chris Stakos. Follow the uh, sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Stakos, 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie, Brendan, and the staff at Roos Chris at Oilers Now sent you. All right. Every Tuesday in Oilers Now, it is Specter and Stauffer for the horses. Horse racing Alberta and the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry for the second time in a span of uh, 72 hours. Yes. I see Mark Spector. Spector, how are you doing? Good. The races were fun. Though, yeah, you Sunday. had a good time. You're th- oh, for sure. New track was nice. Up or down that day? Oh, down. Yeah, me down, too. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Yeah. So, and I'm, I will say this. I think the racing form has become more complicated since I used to read them more often. Yeah. I don't know. There's way more lines than I remember in there. Yeah. What's this analytics stuff now that oh they do at horse races? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, first year of the uh, Canadian Derby out in... Uh, uh, you know, out at Century Mile. Yep. Uh, one thing I liked, they didn't charge for parking. Now, they don't have a ton of parking out there. Yeah, People, they had a really good thing, though. Everybody parked over at the OLED Mall. They had a bunch of shuttles, shuttles that ran you every, like, literally every four minutes one show right that well, was a good setup good track lots okay, what, of fun what they have crowd. about seven eight thousand people there yeah i don't you know what i'd have to know the size of the place to give you an honest estimate yeah. but she was full up like yeah. it was lots of people yeah yeah and uh, it's for funny. the first big one there the first derby there i think uh, from a consumer's point of view it ran very smoothly they had it together there was no big yeah right there was no flaws it was really nice good day of racing got good weather track allows you to see the horses swing by yeah right Right, right, the mile track's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. Had yeah. a real good day. Yeah, me too. It was a good time. Uh, down as well, by the way. Uh, you can text us yeah. at 6.30, 6.30. Uh, well pitched in on the old handle, eh, Bobby? <laughs> yeah, to say the least. <laughs> it's not all I pitched in on. Uh, alrighty, so, uh, yes, the Here we go again. By the way, I, I know you heard my comment coming in. Yeah. And I had a, uh, a coach from an Eastern Conference team say to me, well, you know what? Out of fairness to Todd McClellan. If Dave Tippett starts the year, uh, and uh, just with Paul Yarby, like in a perfect world, in a perfect world, yeah, he would come in here, he would show that he's rebounded from his hip surgery, yeah, put his head down, put his head down, listen, be in the right spots on the ice, work his tail off, earn himself some ice time. Maybe the Oilers just look, we're going to start you on the third line and m- work your way up if you earn it. If that's a perfect world. Yeah. But what we're seeing right now is that life ain't perfect. Yes. Uh, latest comments. Uh, I'm sure you've read these already. Yeah, go ahead. Latest read. comments. Which one caught your eye? The one that caught my eye was when he said, uh, yes, a Pliarvi to a Finnish television station. I want a team where I can get a place in one of the first two lines where I get to play 15 minutes a game. Then I could show what I'm going for. So... 
you know, he wants to, he has not earned in his time at Edmonton a spot in the top six. He's not been a top six player. He's not shown the production, nor the responsibility, nor the hockey intelligence to be a top six player. He just wants someone to hand that to him. I don't like that much. All right. To our Heartland Ford text line for the guttural immediate response when we first started discussing this, Uh because I think it's going to tell you quite a bit about how oil country uh, feels about yes, Poliarvi. By the way, I got crap for criticizing uh, Led Zeppelin and their performance at uh, uh, Live Aid. They're blaming Phil Collins and they're saying, come on, Bob, they had a significant loss uh, regarding was it uh, John Bonham had just died? Had just died. Well, he hadn't just died. He died, died a few died years earlier. A few years earlier, I think. Yeah, but uh, here we go. Uh, Bob, <laughs> Paul Yerby isn't good enough to play top six, dot, 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 in Europe. That text comes to us uh, out of Drayton Valley, out of Lloydminster. Let him rot in Europe from Lloydminster. Uh, you know, this text out of Calgary. I like JP, but seriously, JP, shut up. Wow. A text out of Edmonton. Bob, I'd let him rot in Europe. Oilers will only lose this trade one for one. KS. Uh, TS out of St. Paul says, Bob is just too obsessed with you two and blaming refs for Oilers playoff struggles to catch a detail like John Bottom's death. As for Jesse, he can pound sand in Europe. (laughs) That text out of St. Paul. Raider Jesse texts the show. Uh, Bob, I almost feel like the nuances of his response were possibly lost. Uh, if they ask Jesse what he wants his end game to be and his end game is to be a top six four in the NHL, how bad is that? And that comes to us from Raider Jesse. And in fairness to Raider Jesse, translation, okay, yeah. there could be a nuance there. For sure. For sure. Coming so, you know what, Raider sure. Jesse? Uh, there we go. Uh, so... Another text comes in out of Edmonton. Jesse will be lucky to get a top 13 role with another NHL club this season. Uh, this text out of Lloydminster, the only thing Paul Yarby has done is accomplishing now is devaluing himself. He should fire his agent. Again, you can text us at 630-630. More texts coming in. Uh, you guys are bang on today. This is at 1215, so Brennan, when Brennan and myself are talking about it, bang on today about JP. Worst agent ever to zero guidance. Another text out of Grand Prairie. Sounds like a year or two in Finnish Siberia would be good for him. Uh, this text from Mark in St. Albert. I've been a very staunch supporter of Paul Yarvey, but quite frankly, I've had enough of his attitude. Come to camp and prove that you deserve a top six spot. Otherwise, go back to Europe and play. Um, this text out of St. Uh, another text out of St. Paul. Bob, I played Paul Yarvey at Water Boy. I'm sure he could play a good Water Boy. All right, all right. So everyone's piling on this guy. We get it. Um, one of the comments that I don't like is he admits, you know, I had a hard time learning English. Well, I want to say this, that that part of succeeding here as a European player is being able to understand your surroundings and being able to, you know, it's hard, right? I only speak one language, so I get it. But if you're going to come here and working to make a team includes working to learn the language. And we're several, what are we, this will be four years for Jesse Pugliarvi, and he still, his language skills are very limited. Can I contrast that? He hasn't that? worked hard enough at Can it. I contrast that right. with an example? Sure. Andre Sekra uh, was his uh, girlfriend, now wife, Slovakian. Mm-hmm. She took English lessons at the University of Alberta when he came to Edmonton. Yeah. Like, 
the wife took the time. Well, to, I need to she's learn how to live in North America. I'm going to live so in North. Let's Earth. learn the language. So she took English. Well, sure, that's that's if right. I took a job in Montreal, the first thing I do is go learn a lot more French than I know, and that's just what you do. You assimilate, and you can't. You know, this is to me a. Uh, this is a sign of a guy that probably just thinks that everything's just going to come, everything's just going to fall to me, everything's going to happen. Uh, you know what? You got to hunker down and learn the language, and you got to hunker down and learn how to play the game over here. And I'm not sure he's he's not sat back and expected it all just to fall into place and to just happen. And now that it hasn't, somehow it's everyone else's fault. And trade me away, I'll it'll and happen. And again, I else. was the guy, Mark, as you know, hard for two and a half years with this guy. We got to be patient. Let's work with the guy. But it it just when when here's the thing. There's a new GM. There's a new head coach. It's open game. Yeah, there's not many top six right wingers there, on this team. There, there's an opportunity. There's a spot for you to go get. Where is the best chance that you would have to succeed in the NHL potentially than the organization that invested the fourth overall pick yeah. in you? Yeah, they're dying for you to turn out. And they're bending over backwards for you because he, they'll look bad if you look and, bad. And I'm sorry, but, you know, and again, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. The, the Oilers have to accept some culpability in this. But Jesse ain't helping himself here. And as Brian Burke said just before, when, it first, when your story came out, the day your story came out, that Thursday in Vancouver, and you got mm-hmm. Marcus Lato quoted, Brian Burke said, this guy just screwed it for the player. He said the player now has gone from being defended by people. It's pretty hard to def- – I mean, yeah. Bre- Brendan, Brendan used the word entitled. I wouldn't even go – like, Brendan, I was surprised you threw that word out there. Because I have these conversations, you're gonna hop on here. Like I have these conversations with my daughter about how hard you got to work to get anywhere in life, and uh, you know, you use the word entitled. Mm-hmm. What bothers me again, Bob? I'll reference back to this: is there's there's other players in this organization who I believe work a lot harder on being an active member of this franchise than Jesse has and for him to come out today and say that he believes he should be playing ahead of if you're playing in the top six that means you're playing ahead of two right wingers and I don't believe that he's working harder than either of the two guys who may be slotted in there right now so that's why I think he's entitled based on his draft position yeah it's and again it it's it comes across spec kind of as I don't want to. You're right. I don't want to pile on this guy, but to, again, he's done it himself. Fair to say. Well, sure, he's not helping himself. Uh, you know, Ken Holland said this some time ago, but it stuck with me. He said, "You know, you draft these kids in the first round." He wasn't talking about Pulleyarvi. We were just talking, you know, overall hockey. And every guy that gets picked in the first round has been the best player in his team his whole life, pretty much. Right? That's sure. that guy. And so that player in the first-round pick has not, as particularly top 10 player, has never really had adversity. You know, they've never had adversity. And and as a veteran GM, Holland knows there will be adversity in that kid's future. It is coming, right? Yakupov faced adversity. Okay, Connor McDavid doesn't get as much adversity, or maybe we just don't see it because he's so good, but the average guy well, he's faces faced adversity. adversity. He's faced adversity. Right. So what you, you know you're drafting a good player. He's top 10 guy. What you don't know is when he finally meets his adversity, how's he going to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. How's he going to meet it? And hopefully you have a guy that, you know, handles it the right way. And I think what we're seeing with Poyarvi is he's met some adversity. He's met some adversity in learning the language. 
uh, and has not conquered that adversity. He's met some adversity in becoming a regular NHL player. And now he's backing off and basically kind of quitting on the orders and saying, I'll be one somewhere else. So this adversity has met Pujarvi. It's the first time in his life. And you know what? I'm not sure he's facing it. I'll give you a different perspective. For all the criticism, again, that the organization receives, and to a degree, it's understandable with Yakupov and with Pujarvi. Yakupov crashed out of three different organizations. Yep. Right? Yep. Pulley RV. Uh, never figured out how to be an NHL player. Okay. Never figured it out. So some culpability for the organization. But you talk about that adversity. You know who wasn't happy that he was assigned to junior halfway through his first NHL season? Leon Dreisaitl. Hmm. He was not happy. And he knew he had to work on his quickness and his yep. strength. Right, but we most saw him pick up a, and he was, see, and I got to tell you, when he first went down that his so the next year, he didn't start the year in the NHL. The next year, he went down to minors. He was cheesed off. Oh, he good. was mad, and he and for the right, he only had a couple points in six games, and it was only because of injury that he got recalled. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I was actually mad he got sent down at the start of that year because to me, he'd outplayed a bunch of other guys. He was a better player. And by the end of the year, there was no doubt. He had over 50 points that year. He's an NHL player. And the next three years, he's averaged, you know, what was it, 77, 70, and over 100 points. But he was a guy. His at first, they didn't didn't think he was quick enough. Mm -hmm. Right? So he met it head on. And he worked in a skating. He got quicker. And he's still working on it. There's some guys that are maintainers. He's not even a maintainer. He's not. He's. I'm telling you right now, he's looking to be better than he was last year. Of course he is. He should be. Right? Sir, that's there's the contrast. That's the contrast, right? right? And you don't think that Drysaddle had a lot of adversity, certainly over in uh, Germany, where he was the best player, I'm sure, by a hundred miles At every 13, level of 14, his life. And he came to Prince Albert, right? Then he came to PA. He was a very good player in the Western League, and he he rose to the top of that class. And then he gets here, and all of a sudden, some more adversity for him, right? And he handled it the right way. So, uh, you know, you'd hope that. <laughs> You're hoping that Pugliarvi figures out how to okay. how to tackle these problems, right? Well, speaking of tackle, spe- speaking, I think I made up a word there. That happens in sports radio. Uh, all right. So, speaking of uh, tackling problems, yes. When we come back, I'm going to ask Mark Spector what he thinks Ken Holland should do moving forward. Again, you can text us at six thirty six thirty. This is orders now. This is Zach Cassian from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It's 1249 in Edmonton. Oilers fans looking for a great sports weekend trip. You can join Oilers Now in New York City this October to see the Oilers play the Rangers and the Devils, plus an opportunity to see the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Jets. Actually, I talked to Jason Laliberti yesterday. Uh, this trip is selling out fast through New West Travel, and a lot of people are going in even earlier than the original trip to see the Islanders game as well. The Oilers play the Islanders, the Devils, and the Rangers uh, in New York City in uh, the second week of October. This Oilers Now package includes four nights at the Weston Hotel, a welcome reception with yours truly, plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. For the Oilers Now and NFL Tour, call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. And again, spots are filling up fast. I think they've got about six or eight spots left on that trip, so they're, uh, they're, they're hammering it pretty hard. Fans are getting after it. Here we go. You can text us at 630-630. Spec, I'll get to a couple trade suggestions in a second. Let's do that. In a second. But So, if you're Ken Holland, what do you do here? Well, if you're Ken Holland, I think you shop the PTO mark a little bit. There's lots of guys out there. 
and try to bring somebody well, in. What about Poliarvi? What do you do with that? Oh, with Poliarvi, nothing. You sit back. You know, he's obviously talked to every GM in the league about him. Uh, rosters are fairly set. How many trades do we see between now and the first game of the season, Bob? Well, between now and training camp, not a lot. No. Right? You have some guys that go through waivers that get picked off other clubs. No, and then you have a, guys that's coming different. in. That's different. That's not making a hockey trade. Yeah. And then you have guys on PTOs coming in like Chase on. All of that. But those right. guys don't get traded either. They right. either get signed here or signed somewhere else. Right. So re- the real, like history tells us the trading season's done. Yeah. Right? It's over. So to me, Pugliarvi either decides I'm going to make whatever a guy get, makes in Ulu, which is, I'm not even sure it's six figures, um, or I'm buckling down and coming back to Edmonton. Okay. That's it for him, I think. Two choices. Let's get to a couple suggestions here. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now, email us, OilersNow at 630chad.com. I'll read this text out of Edmonton. Regarding the stance on JP, I 90% put the blame on Lato and 10% on JP for already not firing him. Lato should have been on him uh, for the English lessons. An 18-year-old coming to a new country needs their agent to guide him a lot better from day one, and Lato failed him since day one from Shane. Well, that's 100% blame on the player and the agent. I, I wouldn't do that. Like, there's always a little bit of culpability for a team as well in that regard. A little bit. Well, right? sure. I want to say this. Never forget that the agent works for the player. Yes. And a player should never be led around by the nose right. by his agent. Yeah. Never. And Marcus Lato, by the way, is based in... He is a Finnish agent. He's they based... Lots in, of guys. He's, he's based in agent. Chicago. Like, he's... He's, he's he, a good a veteran, smart guy. Right. He knows what he's doing uh, in most cases. And if... But my point is this. Criticize the decision. But it's... Yes, it's decision. It's not the agent's decision. All right. This text... Here's a couple suggestions. We And we briefly talked about this one yesterday. Bob, could Holland package... Should package JP in a pick for Lemieux... For the Rangers. I would suggest to you that Edmonton would need a pick back. Like, th- there's no pick in Paul Yarby going for Brendan Lemieux. I mean, Brendan Lemieux Brendan is now in his third NHL organization. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he can play. I think he could step in and play. I'd, I might have more time for Brendan Lemieux than some people actually in, that I believe in the Oilers organization. Because I actually think he could be. But he is a guy that... He's a... Anyways, there's a he's he's on his third NHL organization. What do you think of a player? Do you like the player? I don't mind the player. He's a he's the depth guy that gives you some edge. Other teams hate his guts. You yeah, know, he's got a lot of his old man in him. I think he can be a third line NHL left wing. Yeah, is that, is that that's fair? fair? And I think, but I think he is a bottom six player right. all day long. I would and if I was Ken Holland in that situation. I think I'd need a pick with Lemieux. I don't think I'd be the guy giving up the pick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Uh, another text comes in uh, just regarding yes, Poliarvi on our Heartland Ford text line out of Peace River. Les says, Bob, trade Jesse and Russell in a third-round pick to Buffalo for Rasmus Ristolainen. I do not see the Buffalo Sabres doing that. I don't see the Sabres doing that either. Yeah. And there's a significant cap hit that comes with Ristolainen that the Oilers would have to solve. I think here. he's at five and a half. Yeah, so, of course, that's why Russell goes in that deal. No, I don't. they're not doing that deal. Yeah. The guy they would want out of Edmonton would be Darnell Nurse. It would be Darnell Nurse, yeah. That would be the guy that they would want. Sure. They want a good defense. I mean, they want to... It's it's funny because... A Al- good young Al- defenseman. Al May was in studio. He's big. I mean, you like Al May. We had him in studio one day, and he's he's like 
you know, Ristolainen's a player. And I'm like, well, he's like minus 100 and whatever. Yes. He goes, he's a player. They put him in a very difficult position there. So, okay. yeah. All right, PTOs. You're the one that brought up PTOs. Anybody you got in mind? Because <laughs> I got, I saw Jason Greger put a, a, a tweet out today in a list of uh, uh, PTO or not PTOs, no, but unsigned uh, guys that are UFA. lots of good unsigned players, but lots of those names on that list. And Mitch Marner and yeah. well, no, those were, those, those, were, those were, yeah. Uh, he had a list of UFAs that were unsigned as well. Maybe yeah, guys like Joe Thornton and um, you know what? It's not the. I just. I mean, what do you? What I'm do you... looking at centermen here, and there's very little out there in terms of UFA centermen. I think that clearly the order's biggest need is the right, you know, is the face-off man for the third, third line right shot. And we don't him, know but... what Gaetan Haas can do. That's yeah, the, I'm the... not going into the season counting on some guy. Well, I didn't list him. I did my projected point totals and did not have him in uh, the order's how top. How could you project? How could you know? Right. Well, I've played a with game with in North America, but you know what? Nor- neither is Nygaard. But I got a more of a knowing how many teams were in on. And the yeah. other thing is, the Sw- the Swedish the league, league ver- translates a little more than than the Swiss league, right? Yeah. And I think it's not- a fast winger. I mean, you know what? Tobias Reeder was a fast winger, and he didn't translate. And so I Nygaard's compl- a fast winger too. So and I know. completely missed on. I had I thought Raider might Raider might be well, able to score 15, 18 goals did. last year. Lots of people did, and he was not a good player. No, right? a poor hockey player. In my you got you got to have your nose in the guts of the game spec. Oh, he's a total right. perimeter player. And I, I mean, I, nice kid, but nicest guy ever. Did, but and for so, the record, did you realize he was that much of a perimeter player? When no, I did not. But okay. the people in L.A. did. Yes. The people in L.A. They, did. Yes. He spent a short time with L.A. the season before coming to Edmonton, and the people there would tell you that just... You can't win with a guy. Don't that, touch that was the exact phrase that I, I'm like, well... So I don't know Nygaard's game well enough, Bob, to tell you that he is is not a perimeter player, or he is. I don't know. I've never seen him play. I've yeah. never seen Gaetan Haas play, but history tells me that if you've got two guys coming over here from Europe that are trying to make your team that have never played in North America, maybe if go one, one makes two. it, you are a lucky guy. Hey, uh, Brendan, maybe what we'll do uh, I don't know if you can search the catacombs of uh, that uh, deep uh, bank of uh, audio clips that you have that we've run on the show here, but maybe if you've got Clefbaum or Larson talking about Nygaard when we interviewed them back in uh, March, uh, the orders eventually did, because uh, I had a pretty good gut feel that they were going to be in the mix there. It is uh, Stoffer Inspector for the horses and horse racing Alberta live racing Thursday nights, Saturdays and Sundays out at Century Mile. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Cassandra Jodois. 6.30 Chad. And the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 105 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. Along with Mark Spector, Spector and Stoffer for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta Live Racing, uh, Thursday nights, Saturdays, and Sunday days out at Century Mile. Second Hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor for the last five seasons, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can text us on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Heartland Ford, not your small-town dealership, out in Fort Saskatchewan with a new huge state-of-the-art facility. Experience the 
the difference of Heartland 4. You can reach us on a River Cree Resort Casino hotline. We're not actually in open line time right now, but our hotline number is 780-496-0063. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, Brendan Escott, at Brendan Escott, and Mark Spector, at Sportsnet Specs. I want to say Hugh Porter was... um Jumped in at the last moment when he uh, thought that maybe we needed some help sponsorship-wise with the uh, Mark Spector Golf Classic. Came out and played. So how many Did sponsors have you pulled off the show here, Spector? me up today, man. I'm, it's, I know it's only a week ahead, but I just, you know what? Guys like him, they're helping in the community. Yeah, he's a, he was a fun guy. Uh, he, uh, I've, I've often joked, uh, paraphrasing uh, Risky Business, mm-hmm. after uh, Tom Cruise has... Uh, some special friends entertain uh, a group of gentlemen. Uh, and, and then, Where are you going with this, Paul? Yeah, i got to be careful these days. But anyways, uh, the line was... Uh, so a Princeton recruiter was sent to meet uh, Joel for his interview to get into Princeton. And right. he had such a great time that night. Uh, the dad gets a call when he comes back after the parents are out of town. Do you remember the scene in... Uh, it, the father looks at uh, Tom Cruise, uh, his character, uh, with great admiration and says, Princeton needs uh, Joel. Well, you know, when it comes to Hugh Porter, Hugh's a good time guy. He likes to, <laughs> Hugh's attitude is work hard, play hard. And that's kind of how Albertans are, aren't we? Aren't we kind of Aren't we kind of like yeah, that? Know, and he steps up, steps up. Yep. It's like Sports Central. I know he's involved with other uh, charities and other initiatives. And uh, anyway, good guy. I don't know how he golfed that day. Oh, no, he's a good golfer. He's a good player. Oh, yeah. He's, I know he likes to surf. He's, I'm, he's I, a wake surf guy. I'm still trying to set up the uh, Vegas challenge between the Chisler, yep. Steve Chis, and uh, the voice from the past, former uh, very limited junior A goaltender, and uh, and Hugh Porter. That we, uh, in fact, we're probably going to get a text here momentarily from because mm-hmm. this is supposed to be like a match play event because oh, both boy. guys. Like, the, I'm all a tither. <laughs> I think the Chisler qualified on like the California. There was like a Golden Tour back in the eighties. Yeah, good player. Yeah, oh yeah, he was a good golfer. Yeah, okay, was, there you go. So, I see uh, some news uh, out of actually uh, Rick Dollywall out in of, uh, Sportsnet Vancouver is reporting on Mitch Marner. Mitch what do you got? Mitch Marner is uh, already uh, talking to uh, the professional team in Zurich, Switzerland. What are they, the Lions? I forget what they're called. Anyway, Zurich in Switzerland uh, as a place to start the season if he does not start in the NHL. What do you think of that? Well, you know what? The guy's got a democratic right to pursue that angle. Well, I think what you do, I don't, I mean, that doesn't preclude you from continuing to work on your contract with the lease, but what it does do is it gets this out of the way so you're not desperately seeking a place to play if the negotiations with the lease don't go well. I think it's forethought. I think it's a smart move, frankly. Yeah. And if even if I'm the Leafs, if Mitch Marner's not playing for me, I want him playing somewhere. I don't want him sitting around like Nylander did. You know, so um, it's never. I mean, you think you know what? You just think they could make these deals. Do you know? So two years ago, right around this time, Leon Drysaddle signed his eight-year extension with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, it was August sixteenth. So, uh, it, okay. You know, and I remember there were people until Drysaddle signed. There was nervousness in our text line on our Heartland Ford text line at six thirty, six thirty. Oh yeah, that someone might get oh, offer sheet might or, get offer sheeted, or they're gonna get this thing done. Do you think they're going through that in Calgary with Matthew Kachuk? Do you think they're going through it? Isn't Brock well, Don Meehan came out the other day, uh, yesterday, yeah. in fact, and said that they they are not waiting on the Mitch Marner numbers, that they, in fact, have approached Brad Living for a long time ago with their framework, what they think they're worth, and they've been actively trying to get Matt Kachuk signed. Now, I believe the Flames at this moment have about $7.7 in cap space, 
And that is less than they will pay Matt Kachuk. So we're, we're looking at a scenario here. Is Brock Besser not up with he, Vancouver yeah, as well? He's not signed. He Okay, so we have four. Marner, Can- Kachuk, right? Uh, the two guys in Winnipeg, Line A and, Line a and, and Connor. Connor. Right. <laughs> right, and Marner in Toronto. Those are five good young players. So man. four different Canadian teams. Yeah. You, know you got to say this, that... That you know, we bomb on Pete Chiarelli a lot on this show and across this city, and every order fan does it. But uh, Drysital is an excellent number, and the term is long. Did you believe and it was going to be an excellent number when he got the deal? At no, eight point five. Everybody across the hockey world on that date, August sixteenth of what was it, two 20, years ago, twenty seventeen, decided that you know that's probably about a million too much. I mean, he probably overpaid, but Chiarelli always overpays. That was the theme out there. I echoed that theme. I believe you did too. But you know what? You're happy to get the guy signed. And you thought, maybe if he's a real good player, he'll make this contract look better. Well, that's exactly what's happening. I, I can tell you I had less issue with the contract for, uh, and this is hard for me to say on a personal level because Chris Russell's a great guy, but the contract for Dreisaitl, I had, like, if I was to, I looked at the Russell deal four times four million with a guy who the year before signed a 3.1, I was kind of like, well... Yeah. Didn't like a lot of Chiarelli's contracts. But the, and that's why we looked at Dreisaitl and said, oh, here he goes again, overpaying. But I think History it, tells us now that, that he signed an excellent deal for the Oilers. And you know what? As fan, he did with McDavid. Fans in other markets say, still to list, like the, the guys in Vancouver, wow, you guys, because of you guys and Dreisaitl, and, uh, regarding Besser, and fans in Winnipeg, oh, because of you guys and Dreisaitl, regarding Line A and Connor. Well, you know what? You know, uh, Leon has progressed to the point that he's a, a 50. Until one of those guys has a 50-goal, 100-point season, and maybe Besser gets there one day with Vancouver. I, right. that's, I mean, frankly... How many 50-goal scorers have there been in the league in the I, last six years? I'm Not gonna, a lot. Yeah, I'm going to say that, that comparing Besser and Dreisaitl, that might keep the price down for Vancouver. Right, because Besser is not a fifty-goal, hundred-point player. But at and the time that Dry asking for right now, at the time that Drysaddle did the deal, he he was coming off like a twenty. Was it twenty-nine goals? Brendan, can you look up Leon? Points. Seventy-seven points. Can you look up, look up Leon's numbers in 2016-17? It was either twenty-eight or twenty-nine goals. But seven. remember, like those contracts are so difficult, Bob, because it, it was an eight-year deal. Eight-year deal. Yeah, so you're signing a guy eight years into the future. Neither he nor the general manager nor the agent is really completely sure of what we're getting here. Yeah. Right? So you're trying to decide on what we're going to pay you six years from now. Like, they're toss-up contracts, man. They're hard to do. You know, they're difficult to to really know what the point of signing if we're going to have value all the way down the road. You're back in, Brendan. What do you got? Yeah, it was it was 77 points, 29 goals, and then remember he had 16 points and 13 playoff games that year as well. A so. lot of people thought Shirley paid for the heater that Drysaddle had in the playoffs. Well, he was... Remember, Anaheim couldn't handle him. Right. right? Couldn't handle him. Hey, he's a good player. Good deal for him. He's, he's making eight and a half for eight years. That's a lot of money. Uh, the team's got a really good player for eight years. Everybody's happy here. Who's I don't know how easy this would be for you to do, Brendan. Uh, <laughs> if you could look over the last three years, just in terms of points. i got to get a laptop in here for you. Yeah. Well, come on. You've, 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 you've seen how slow Your I am. Your computer skills are like prehistoric, eh? And that's you saying that because you are a pet. <laughs> come on, man. I'm on a laptop every day. It doesn't mean you're fast. You like hunt and peck one yeah, of the Don't time. worry, buddy. I can type as fast as I can think. <laughs> like I said, you hunt and <laughs> It's not exactly your strength, you know that. It's 114 in Edmonton. I would suggest that Leon, off the top of my head, is probably top 10 in league scoring in the last three years. So is he a top 10 player in the league? Well, he was last year. 
He's a 50-goal, 100-point guy. Last year, he was a top-10 player in the league. The great, the great um, I know. Here question is that he plays with McDavid. And I, if I'm another general manager, this isn't me ripping on Drysaddle, yeah. but let me make my point. If I'm another general manager, I say, okay, this guy's a top-10 player in the league playing with McDavid. If he comes to my team, ah. and I don't have a McDavid, how good will he be? He'll still be good. But yeah. will he be a top-10 player yeah. anymore? Will he be a top-25 player, maybe? I think we can That's good conservatively agree he's a top 25 player in the league. I, I think the sure. NHL Network ranked him the sixth best winger in the NHL. Mm-hmm. That's where, and they ranked him as a winger, not as a center. Well, as they should. That's where he plays. Right. So I think the days of us calling him a center are over. Yeah. I think they are. New, and the other thing is, he's a, he's a better winger than Nugent Hopkins when Nugent Hopkins plays wing. And Nugent Hopkins is more like Nugent Hopkins can play second. Nugent Hopkins has to be in your top six. He's got to be a second oh, line he's center. A, he's a top six player on any yeah. team. There's no question. Uh, he's the one bugaboo for Nuge. And uh, how did his horse do, by the way, on Sunday? I don't know. We know. know. Anyway. Um, got to win more face-offs. Yeah. You can't be a guy in the high 30s. He has to. I'll be. Can't be there anymore. It's, we're past that. He's or, been in the league now for how many years? Yeah. Seven. Seven years. Right? Yeah. I got to say, let's go. Yeah. It's time. What's happened here on or the face eight, Three. He's got two years left in his deal. Sign. He's eight. He's played eight years in the NHL like, now. You know what I would say, honestly? Any other player, any other situation, I'd say if you haven't learned it by now, you're never learning it. That's what I would say. Yeah. I've got to hope that Nugent Hopkins can still improve his face game. But what was he last year? Was it not like 40? It was like 41 or 42 percent, I yeah. think, at the yeah, end of the season. Way below acceptable, right? Yeah. For a second line center. Yeah. Way below. Yeah. And. We, every year we have this conversation, yeah. and every year we're coming back at 42. That's got to change, or yeah. or now pretty soon we're talking about the next contract, Bob. And his, which is up in what? Two, After year, two years. Two years. Yeah. 116 in Edmonton. You can text us at 6:30, 6:30. Anyways, uh, okay. What do you think would be? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a minute and a half to think because we know how long that takes for both of us. Okay, let me start it up. Hang on. Okay. Crank, crank, crank. When we come back, Brendan Escott is going to educate us on where Drysaddle fits in points-wise over the last three years in the NHL. And Mark Spector is going to give us a range on the five Canadian, uh, the five players off Canadian teams that are restricted free agents right now uh, on what they might make. And that might take longer than they think. Uh, this is Oilers Now, Star for Inspector for our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. It's a Tuesday. It's Spectre and Stoffer along with Brendan Escott with you for the Horses Horse Racing Alberta. Uh, live racing Thursday nights, Saturdays and Sundays out at Century Mile. All right, what do you got, Brendan? Where does Dry Settle last three NHL seasons? Where's Leon uh, in terms of points? Seventh. 252 points and 242 games played. He's also 12th in goals with 104. So he's 7th overall in points in the last three seasons. Correct. 12th in goals. Right. Okay. He's also 52% the face-off, Dodd, for, what's that, for what that's worth. That, well, that is... That's, that's a factor for me because he gives you puck possession. And that's going to be intriguing for me. Uh, Best face-off guy the orders have. Right. And sounds like Spec at your event, uh, and Dave was on the show the day before. Uh, it sounds like he's going to try to lighten the load for Drysaddle and McDavid killing penalties. Well, he might need Leon to win some draws once in a while as well. I mean, that was a, that was a factor. So seventh in the league in scoring in the last three seasons, two of which have been under the contract at eight uh, and a half times eight years. 
50 goal, 100 point season. By the way, I, I I think I had him at 41 goals and 92 points my preseason projection just because he shot the lights out last year. I think he was around, well, was he over 20% shooting percentage last year? I know he was, for a while, he was that high. So I asked you, Mark, what would you pay? You got Vancouver's got Besser. You got uh, Kachuk in Calgary. You got the Jets with Line and Connor, and you got Marner in Toronto. The news out of Toronto that Marner might potentially look at least uh, an option of playing in the Swiss League. So, price point-wise, what makes sense for those players? That's a good question. Let's start with Kachuk, who's got to be, to me, uh, I think he'll come in at around, what, 7.5 to 8? Let's say 7.75. Okay. Somewhere in there. And are we... Or, now, the way we're doing this, we're not talking bridge. We're talking. Well, you can't. I don't know if they're going to bridge. It's such a different number if you go for right. three years as opposed to eight. Right. So let's assume everyone signs an eight-year deal. Okay, longer-term deals for these guys. I think that that's what the teams would like. And he is he is the second-line left wing on that team. It needs to be stated because Johnny Goodrow yep. plays first-line left wing on that hockey club. So he's, he's the second-line left wing. Yes. Uh, I think the one place where someone might get forced into a bridge deal would be uh, Winnipeg because you've got Connor and Liney, right? I mean, they're they're fighting it there. They've done such a good job drafting good players, and now these guys are on their second deal. And, you know, what's Liney want? Liney scored over 100 goals in his, con- his entry-level contract. That's going to be, yeah. You know? So is he get was he not mi- and- was he not like minus twenty last season on a on a pretty good team like he had a t- he yeah. went and he went long stretches he had a he struggled at times last year for sure what he struggles with is what all young goal scorers struggle with is when it's not going in how do I handle myself you know how do I play when it's not when I'm not scoring can I still can I not get scored on. Right? Maybe can I have a few assists along the way? It can't just be goals or nothing. 30 goals minus 24 on a good team, like yeah. on a team with a plus goals against yeah, uh, differential. Don't think that's not making it in the old negotiating table. <laughs> so uh, 110 goals in his first three NHL seasons. Yeah. That's that's also going to make it. In you know, the... you get paid for scoring, right? Yeah. You pay for scoring. So is he an $8.5, 9000000 million player? I think Bob? he, I think he's he's he has to be a $9 million to. player. I, I think he has to be. What yeah. A, yeah. I think he has to be. And he came out, and, and you know, the one thing about Line, and as a kid in Finland even, growing up, like, he didn't play the Finnish way. You know, when he was a kid, it was, Finnish hockey was still about, you know, the checking and being with part of the team and not really standing out, and he absolutely bucked those trends growing up. Line was a guy who told Finnish hockey, I'm going to play my way, I'm going to score as much as I feel like, I'm going to stand out here and wail away the way he does off that left circle. And... You know what? It worked for him. And he is not against telling the Jets, look, Jets, right? Here's what I'm doing. And if you don't want me, I'll go play somewhere else. He basically said that to Chris Johnston the other day. Epstein's mother has texted the show to say, I remind you, gentlemen, that Austin Matthews' five-year deal was at $11.634 million, mm-hmm. and Patrick Liney has some comparables that would work to his advantage yeah. in compare, like... Nine million, like that. My million might be light. That comes okay. to us from Epstein's mother. That's a fair comparison. Yeah, you know, that's a fair comparison. Like his is and is Austin. We pay Cal Connor. He's got to get six to seven. He's million a thirty goal guy every year. Yeah, you know, and a really good winger. And does you know he's a he's he skates well. He's he's just an all around player. I man, he come to Edmonton and play with one with a center like McDavid. He'd be a he'd be a fifty goal guy. 
He's a really good player. So he's got to get six and a half million dollars, Bob. Yeah, yeah. 30, that's what thirty goal players uh, score. I, I think Line A's probably like you know what? If you're Line A's camp, I think you're you're thinking you you, you get ten. Okay. Okay, but I'm with you. If I was Winnipeg, I would try I'm to say a nine, but nine. Sure, and, and in and in Connor's ca- case, you're probably thinking seven. Right. And if you're the Jets, you're hoping to get them six to seven. So the Jets are looking at as, perhaps as much as seventeen million dollars in cap space for those yeah. two players. Right. But they are legitimate. I mean, they're they're basically they're really both first line players. players. They're both really good players. Right. And Kachuk, you can make an argument on a lot of teams is. And he's going to be enhanced by the fact that he's going to be a player that benefits from having. We all know this. This is we got this every day. Texting the show on our Heartland Four text line. Oh, great! Now well, they got Lucic to babysit Kachuk, so Bennett doesn't have to do the scrapping anymore yeah, right. when he stirs the pot up, right? Um, make for a fun battle of Alberta, Bob. Yes, it will. Brock Besser. Uh, Brock Besser. He's got 59 goals in 140 games. So that's so those 30 goals a year. Yeah. Right. He what did he have last year? Twenty nine or something? Yeah, he he was he's close. Yeah. So let's is he a th- he's not quite a thirty goal scorer, but you're almost paying well, him like he, one. If he's got fifty nine in hundred and forty games, that's seventy games a year and there just under thirty goals. So he's sure. a thirty goal scorer. Sure, been hurt a little bit. So six to seven. There you go. He's a seven million dollar player probably. Yeah. In that in that market on that team, he is there. You know, he's. I mean, obviously Patterson's quickly become their best player, but Besser's their trigger man there. Yeah. You know, he's going to for sure want seven. Mitch Marner. And Mitch Marner now, right? Now, Matthews at 11.3. Right, and this guy gets more points than Matthews. Kills penalties. Oh, he's a really good player. 94 points last season Marner had, and and in Toronto in a market that can afford. Toronto kid. Yeah, all of those things. So, you know, I mean. Is there any way they get him under 10 million bucks a year? Oh, no chance. No chance. He's up at, he's, he, the question is if they get him for less than what Eminem's paying McDavid, I think. Because McDavid signed two years ago. Are you we know? gonna are we gonna look back? You know what? Like uh, yes, we are gonna look back and say McDavid's number is a good number, and Drysaddle's number is a good number, and it's for it, sure you are. McDavid makes twelve and a half, and, you, and and Marner's coming in somewhere around twelve million bucks. I'm going somewhere with this. So when Clinton, uh, you know, after his second term, sixty five percent approval rating when he left office. Okay. No, we're not doing that with Shirelli. Because Clinton didn't sign uh, the goalie. Just, 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 just hold on a sec here. <laughs> years later, yeah. years later, none of the Democrat uh, Democratic candidates really want his endorsement because there's some other things right. with Clinton, you know, that, sure, that, sure. that that have bothered people a bit. And so it's it, he's seen differently now, I think, than he was seen right at the time in 2008, right? Sorry, in 2000, uh, when uh, George W. Yeah, I think that... Right? Like, I guess the point is, history changes and perspectives change. So, Shirelli, in the heat of the moment, we look at his body of work in the last year and completely justifiable that the owners elected to make the decision that they did. Yeah. Right? The team missed the playoffs for a second straight year. A large segment of the fan base would say they should have fired Shirelli before they fired McClellan, even though that's not how the book usually works. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, when you look at those two contracts, and David and Drysaddle, sure, good contracts, good contracts. But at the time, that was what you know. Again, every year it gets more expensive. At the time, twelve and a half was a pretty fair deal from the McDavid camp. Can you uh, stick around a little bit longer, or do you? Yeah, have, you yeah, got to no, split. All right. Well, specs here. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Zodlan.
We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Specter and Stoffer for Horse Racing Alberta, the horses. Reminding you, the new Century Mile Racetrack open out in Nisku. Racing live, thoroughbred style, Thursday nights, Saturdays, and Sunday days. All right, uh, Royal Pizza celebrating 50 years in Edmonton. They're still making it great. On now through October, Royal Pizza is offering the 50th anniversary combo special. Your choice of Greek or Caesar salad along with garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies, all for just 50 bucks. Pick that up at any of the 14 Edmonton and area locations. There you have it. Uh, Mark has been kind enough to spend a little bit of extra time with us. We'll briefly hit on the Eskimos a little bit later on. Yeah, a little CFL is always good. I've... I had the rookie move, Bob, the other day on that Calgary-Montreal game. I was actually watching quite a bit of the game, watched most of it, and then with about a minute left, Montreal had the ball at, like, midfield. They're down by two scores, and it was a nice night, and my wife, Shelka, said, you know, we should, let's let's get that fire going, you two. Uh, her son, our son was there, and yeah. it's like, get out of the house, you guys. Come on, quit watching TV. It's a nice night. I said, okay, okay, I'll turn this game off. Well, you all know what happened. Montreal scores 11 points in the last minute and wins it in overtime. Didn't didn't know about it till the next morning. Never leave a CFL game, Bob. Even with a minute left and two scores down. Well, that's. I thought the, it was. Gro- I thought I'd grown past that. I thought I would never do that. That experience you were referring to is the genesis of why the NFL has their policy that they have the Heidi Bowl. The, oh, the Heidi Bowl. Yes. Sure. Brandon Escott's looking at us right now. The Heidi Bowl. Well. But He's got no clue. Do you know what we're talking about? You want to jump? Up? I don't. Uh, Raiders and the Jets. I think it was 1968. You can fire it up on uh, Wikipedia. But uh, they preempted the final... Or not preempted. They just... They just pulled away from the Raiders game with about three minutes left. Three minutes left. a movie called Heidi. Yeah. And uh, I think if I recall... Somebody came back. I think if I recall correctly, the Jets were leading... And then the Raiders uh, ended up uh, getting uh, uh, scored a Daryl LaMonica, late 60s. I mean, he's either, probably Daryl LaMonica, the mad bomber, was the quarterback of the Raiders at that time. And he threw a touchdown pass, and I think Namath threw a pick six the other way. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the score uh, flip-flopped, flip-flopped yeah. and nobody knew what the hell happened, and there was such an outrage. So Pro- there's no internet, so it's a right, right. different time. Right. It, so we had the, we had the Heidi Bowl. You got well, the you got the particulars over there? Were you able to fire that up for us, Brendan? I've got it here, but it's, it's very long-winded. This is quite the story behind this whole game. Simply put, yeah, 21 to 13, the Raiders outscored the Jets in the fourth quarter. Okay, so I missed the whole quarter. Yeah, yeah, nice work. Yeah, so well, but you know we all remember a time when uh, Dave Hodge flipped his pencil on Hockey Night in Canada because they got left, fired. Got fired for it. They got fired for it. They left uh, Montreal Philly to go to the National. Yep, National News, and that's how he ended and, up. And uh, they're going in overtime, and he never worked for the Hockey Night in Canada again. Ended up he a, was right. They yeah. should have hired him back. Yeah, you know, there was a there was. Uh, you know, if you ask John Shannon about this, because he was a producer for so long, he'll tell you the story that the, the intense pressure in the old days that the national had to start yeah. at 11 o'clock or at 10 o'clock, whatever the number yeah. was, had to start on time. 
they would not so uh, when Steve Smith uh, you know in the, in 1987 when that game ended 86 86 86 you wrote the book you always that, defer to me on uh, that right 86 when that game ended uh, you know Toronto is in John Shannon's ear in Edmonton saying we got to get out of here because we got to get to the national and John Shannon's saying hey the Flames just beat the Oilers. This is an epic series. It's going to go down in history. We're showing the handshake line. we got to follow Steve Smith. There's some storylines here. We're staying. And if I'm not mistaken, that had a lot of bearing on John Shannon's tenure with the CBC as well. Yeah. And we would say on the record now that John Shannon was dead right. They should have stayed with that game. Yeah. You well, know? it's only considered, like, when they do, uh, like, those top ten lists, Top ten greatest blunders in sports. It like yeah. that, that that is ranked like for most it's still top two or three. Poor, alt, alt, poor Steve, right? I mean, here's the here's a team that scored 400 goals a year that had 12 minutes to score another goal and couldn't do it. Right. You know, and now everyone just remembers Steve Smith. I and, think that he and, got the raw deal. Right? And of course, we remember him differently because we think of how good of a player he became after you. Ah, he's such a good player, he's right? A like, good I mean, player and a good help guy. Shut handle down. the situation so well. Help shut right. down Cam Neely. Uh, uh, I know Bruins fans player. will say Neely good was player. injured. You know, 88 90 Stanley Cup. You know, I remember about that game. I remember being at that game. I remember with about, I don't know, let's say two and a half minutes left. Yeri Curry gets a one time chance from about the you know, top of the slot. For whatever reason, he's right in front of the net. He's above the hash marks. All career long, he one-times that puck, he took it, and he passed it. And I thought, oh, my God. If Yerrick Curry's not taking that shot, they're not winning this game. Not one guy in that team blamed Steve Smith after that game. No, no. Which spoke volumes about that team. What a grand fear shade. Oh, I should have had that one. Yeah, I should have had that one, yeah. Uh, our, our Oilers uh, Legends Series for the fine folks at Touchback Safety. Tomorrow, we've done three straight weeks. Uh, we, we had Kevin Lowe, Wayne Gretzky, and Glenn Anderson on the last three weeks of the wow. show. So three pretty good guys, right? Okay, who's the next legend? Well, it's and a legend does, of Edmonton. And when does Joaquin Gage fit into all this? No, uh, well, he's, he makes appearances <laughs> on the other show. And uh, your claim to, your claim to fame... He's a legend in my eyes, baby. Your, your claim, hey, he played 25 <laughs> or so more games in the NHL than I did. Uh, his claim to fame has given up two goals and four... Great guy. Great guy, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, uh, we're going to go down the 2006 path. So, what was the biggest story of the two? Like, what, 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 what storyline in two thousand six? Well, Fernando Pisani is in studio tomorrow for an hour. There you have it. I didn't even have to coach you on that one. No. Nope. Uh, Jim says uh, CBC, the Communist Broadcasting Corporation. See, Jim, I, I don't actually believe that to be the case. So, there you go. You can text us at six thirty, six thirty. Coach Mike says, Bob, regarding on our Heartland Ford text line, Chia dismantled this team. What did he inherit? I'll say some of the prospects look okay, but NHL deals crippled this organization. Still can't believe Holland managed to unload Lucic without giving up way more. Another text out of Olds. Bob, how is Austin Matthews worth that $11.364 million? How is he worth that kind of money with his point production? I do not understand. Um... This text comes in out of Drumheller. Bob, Lucic never fought uh, when McDavid was being pestered. Uh, no one uh, in his weight class uh, in, in, around the league anymore, I believe. Is, so now we're going to believe he's going to fight for Matthew Kachuk. No, I, I agree with to a certain extent with the, with the texter. I want to say this, but with James Neal and Milan Lucic, if Lucic is what if, if what we're saying he has left is intimidation and strength and fighting and all that, that stuff's moving out of the game. 
right? We, no one would disagree with that. Fighting is less and less and less and less part of the game. There's barely any of it left. And frankly, Milan Lucic has not shown a proclivity to get in people's faces and start things. He's very reactionary, as all older fighters are. They fought a lot when they were young, now they're older, and they go, you know what, I'm only fighting when, I, when it's on my terms, when I feel like it, right? He's not an active fighter, Milan Lucic. And I mean, what do you define as an active fighter in 2019? But he's not. An you need to fighter. write a book. Requiem. What's the word? Requiem. Requiem. That's yes. a tough word. Yeah, yeah. Requiem for a reluctant heavyweight. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I mean, heavyweights are all reluctant because it's no fun to do. Right. But I don't. I watch Milan Lucic here, and when he did drop the gloves, stand back. But he had to be pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, and I don't see him going down to Calgary and all of a sudden at this age jumping into the fray every night. Forget it. From uh, Jay in Regina, in my opinion, Bob, Patrick and Speck, uh, Liney's days in Winnipeg are over. If that guy thinks he's going to get over $8 million a year, think again. So Moreland Blake, a wheeler. Uh, Skinner got 9.5. Line a will not. This text from Edmonton, Line a will not take a... Uh, Sent less than nine point five million. Connor at eight. Okay, Bob. You guys. We just talked about the Canadian guys. We didn't talk about some of the American art. Like no, Braden Point is still a restricted free agent. How about Rantanen? Uh, Rantanen in Colorado. Though Joe Sackick, Mike Chambers had something out last week. Sackick was a at a golf tournament. They're still in. I get the sense that one's going to get done. Well, you and think I, so. I, I think, think the, he's a late old client as well. Yes, he is. So again, you can text us at six thirty, six thirty. What gets tough is. You know, McKinnon's the best player on that team. But Ratton is probably going to want more money than McKinnon. Well, who's the best player in Calgary? Well, it's Mark Giordano. It's got to be Mark Giordano. So how does a guy make more than well, $6.9 you, That's the way it works. That does. There is no ceiling. Kachuk's making more than Mark Giordano. Yeah. That's the way it's going to be. And likely Ratton is going to make more. And, and who's the best player in Winnipeg? Mark Shifley? Yes. Mark Shifley's the best player in Winnipeg. What's he making? Five and a half or something? Six and a half? Yeah. Like, everybody's making more money than Mark Shifley. So that's what throws it off. It's tough. The, in, in the days in Boston where Ray Bork had that artificial ceiling because no one made more than Ray, remember? The Sedins in Vancouver. Those days are over, man. Yeah. You can text us at 630, 630. Uh, tweet us at Oilers now. Uh, we're going to take a step out, get to this day in Oilers history. When we return, it's uh, a local guy. It's for his birthday today. He's tied into this Daniel Oiter's history. And uh, we'll briefly talk about the, the Edmonton Eskimos, who are 6-3. they got the Bombers coming to town and no yes. Matt Nichols. This is Oiter's Now. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oiter's Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. One forty-seven in Edmonton. It is Stoffer Inspector for the Horses Horse Racing Alberta to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Again, you can ask us about our Oilers now hockey roadies to New York. We're almost sold out for that one, and we're going to Chicago as well, but not on the same trip because the Oilers' first road trip three games in uh, the New York area. The Islanders, Devils, and the Rangers, and then they head off to Chicago. So it's the second trip to Chicago this year. You can reach out to New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. On this day, 1946, 
Legendary Oilers defenseman Al Hamilton was born in Flin Flon, Manitoba. He played for the WHA's Alberta Oilers and then the Edmonton Oilers through the 1970s, captaining that group for four years and representing Canada in the 1974 Summit Series. His number three was retired by the Oilers and remains the only one not from the 80s dynasty to have that honour. Awesome. There you have it. Saw Hammy the other day at the Oil Kings Alumni Golf Tournament, Bob. I'm glad you got invited. I, I never get invited. I play it every year. It is a ton of fun. Jim yeah. Jerome is the MC. I yeah. mean, laugh. Yeah, oh, Jim's a funny guy. Goodness, he's a funny guy. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah, uh, Ham, Hammy's there. Falkenberg, all those old guys. Al uh, works now for Driving Force, and I had yeah. a, uh, a vehicle uh, with theirs uh, for the road trip that we just went on out to mm-hmm. the coast. So, uh, you know what, Hammy was obviously, I mean, this is no news, a very, very good defenseman in his day. Uh, I'm surprised for whatever reason he didn't have a far more extensive NHL career. He kind yeah. of settled with the WHA Oilers. And but money was better in the WHA. He was making good money. He was right. making better money in the WHA than he was in the NHL at right. that time. Like, they low-balled him, and so the money was better for him. I mean, for you and me who grew up watching the Oilers in the WHA, yeah. You know, he was head and shoulders their best defenseman. I mean, oh, yeah. Barry Long was a really good player. Was a good player that had some offensive so ability. Could the shoot end, the ball. Uh, Gary LaRiviere was a good defenseman. And uh, obviously, I, <laughs> the the one guy that kind of intrigued me as a player, and I, I'd hear stories about this guy, and we actually a guy wrote a book about him was Jimmy Harrison. Mm. Jim Harrison, because Jim Harrison could play it any way he wanted. Like yeah. he was, he, he was, was a good player. he was a bigger guy for that time frame. Had scored ten points in one game in the WHA. Did he? You don't remember that? Ten points in one game. You don't remember Jim Harrison scoring ten points in one game in the W? Really? No, I only remember Daryl Sittler doing that. Yeah, in the NHL. Well, yeah. yeah. By the way, we had Sutter on yesterday. Did you remember the Trache? Uh, Played his treaty card and went to represent the U.S. in the '84 Canada Cup instead of Canada. Oh, I had forgotten or didn't. Okay. I don't even know if I forgot. I didn't even know that that happened. So because we're talking about how Brent ended up with because he wasn't initially named on the 30-man list. And obviously, he parlayed that experience in '84. Had a wonderful season. Yeah. 84-85. So didn't he tip of that puck? Who tipped that puck? The coffee shot. Was that Bossy that tipped it or Tanelli? It was one of the Islander yeah, guys. Yeah, I think yeah. they were all on a line together. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Those are the back in the days when, when, and they'll all tell you this, they got together for Canada the Cup, and the Oilers and the New York Islanders still hated each other. Right? It was back in the That's what men hated each other that right. played hockey instead of Now being, everyone's mm. buddies, and I get that. And it's, far, it's frankly, it's better. But it wasn't like that back then. The Oilers and the New York Islanders guys didn't like each other one bit. They came together in that 84 Canada Cup and won it. And Larry Robinson was sort of the bridge for those guys and yeah, said... right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, so this is a different time, man. Yeah. Different times. You can uh, text us at 630-630. Al uh, Hamilton. Oh, happy birthday, Al. Happy birthday, Hammy. So there's one reference to CBC, and then we get five texts coming in. Defund CBC, liberal propaganda shills. Okay. I think they're bots, Bob. These are bots. They, they have to be, because yeah. the majority of the people that I know from the CBC are complete centrists. They're not... On ah, whatever. We're talking Hockey Night in Canada, which yeah. in fact now is Roger Sportsnet. So, right. uh, Bob, when does Bob interview himself for the Oilers Legends or for the Legend Series? Well, hopefully never. <laughs> I don't see myself in that light. So, uh, you know, uh, one of the keys to interviewing people is making them feel comfortable, which is why in studio appearances, Speck are always better than oh, over the phone. Better, yeah. Always the guy better. comes in, he sits down behind the mic. Relax. was real good yesterday. Yeah, relaxes, and away he goes. All right, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos are 6-3. and three. 
Mm-hmm. Um, does the CFL, I mean, attendance hasn't been great this year at Eskimo games. Uh, the Eskimos have a, they got a good team. Got a real good team. Uh, they've been, are they undefeated at home? I think they are undefeated. Are, um, that I'm not sure of, but uh, I've watched. They're undefeated at home, Brendan? Can confirm for well, Have they had over 30,000 at one home game this year, from uh, what you could tell? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. See, uh, and again, it you... It always gets a little like the summer. It picks, it picks up, obviously. Now, the next season. three games are against Winnipeg, Calgary, Calgary. So uh, I think a, a Friday night game with the Bombers in here. Battle for first place. They play Calgary twice at home? No. The next oh, three games oh, so you're, row, yeah. they go down to Calgary for Labor Day, and they come back for the rematch. So for Saskatchewan, they'll, when Saskatchewan rolls into town here, there'll probably be 30, 40, Oh, well, there always is, 40, but I don't see why there shouldn't be a nice crowd on Friday night with Winnipeg. Yeah. And uh, certainly that rematch on, I believe it is September 7 against Calgary, is, is you know, it's a stamps, man. Yeah, we're in, we're in Red Deer that night. Is that right? Playing we're, the Calgary Flames? Yeah. Oilers uh, rookie game. All right. Yeah. So. But they're a good team. The, you know, the biggest, well, not the biggest, a very important change that I've watched in the Eskimos this year is this is the first time they've had a return game uh, in forever, right? They're, now they've, they've, and now you're going to ask me who the guy is that's returning it, and I'm not even aware of his name anymore. I can tell you who it is because I it? saw him play a ton. It's Christian Jones out of yeah, Alabama. Christian Jones. I mean, he was right. a top-flight return guy for a team that won two national championships yeah, and, and in the NCAA. It's been, years. So, it's been years since they've had a threat. Literally years. And you just, you know, kickoffs... I'm actually surprised 40, Christian 25. Jones is not returning kickoffs in the NFL. Like, yeah. I, I, based on what I, what I saw out of him in, in college, I would have thought that he would have been a guy capable of... Well, being a return if he special, keeps this up up here, he might get a job. But to me, that's a huge. Uh, you know, their start, their offense starts with better field position than than Riley had yeah, in his their entire de- tenure here. The defense is the defense is really good. It's way better. It's way more aggressive. I it, believe the most they've allowed. They haven't allowed thirty points yet this year. You know, they put a lot more pressure. He sat back last year, too passive, yeah. and no, it's a it's right? a strong defense. The offense doesn't. It, to me, it's when you watch the the offense, it, it's. It, doesn't have the same vertical passing game that it had under Mike Riley mm-hmm. and the ability for big plays, but obviously, you know, they, they can manufacture points just by the fact that they can move the ball. They move but the it's ball. a short passing game. That's okay. It's a Canadian version of the West Coast offense when you watch it. And Gable is a very capable back. Who, who's very big capable. and is most, effect, really well. most effective in the fourth quarter when they're wearing teams yeah, down. Yeah, for to sure. Right? For so, sure. No, they got, they, I guess what I would say is they really touched most, almost all of the bases. All right. Athletes. So, Brendan, mid-season adjustment. They're at 6-3 and three right now. You've been at all the home games this year. Mm-hmm. What do they finish with? What record? Oh, boy. Uh, that, I don't want to predict it because their, their red zone offense and their third down performance, is especially n- in the red not, zone, not, has been not very good. hit and miss. You know why? So if they can dial that up. Some quarterbacks are really good on sneaks and get like you watch Harris. That's that's part of his game. That's I don't think he's he's a guy that's great sneaking the ball. Like he's, I don't know if he puts himself in position if he's too high up, but he. I, it's okay. A lot of teams use their backup for sneaks anyhow. Yeah, get the right backup for sneaks. So you don't want to go twelve and six then, that since they're six and three at the halfway point. I, I can see them doubling down on that. I see them as the second best team in the West right now behind the Blue Bombers. And the Blue Bombers are going to have to adjust with Chris Strebler at the helm, Matt Nichols on the six-game injured list. So we'll see. It's it's wide open right now. Um, but I can't. I'll, I, I'll I don't want to pick a record. I'll make a prediction for you right now. Sure. Okay. They will finish second in the Western uh, Division, but it'll be behind Calgary, not behind Winnipeg. 
You're 0 for 1 on wagers. You want to go? <laughs> Double down, baby. Double, Double down, down Oh, boy. You know what? Uh, because I like the way that Chris Traveler plays, I'll take that one for you. Sure. Okay. So Let's do it. You're taking Winnipeg to come in first, and I'll take the yeah. Eskimos to come in first? Done deal. Or, sorry, I'll take uh, Calgary to come in yeah. first. They'll be chasing Straveler on Friday night. He's a he's a guy that yeah. you know, he sort of looks at his primary guy, maybe checks down once, and then he goes. Yeah. You know and what, Dominique me, that's... Davis back gave him a lot of troubles doing exactly that when Ottawa was in town, so yeah. we'll see. I love that. As a CFL quarterback, I go back to the, you know, I'm, I know I'm old, but I thought the the way Tracy Ham played, the way Damon Allen played, I like a quarterback that can run. I want a CFL quarterback that can run. Because yeah. he just makes defenses mark the NFL. The, the NFL's moved. In. I mean, Lamar Jackson forced out Joe Flacco last yeah, year to Baltimore. Right. Like he is, I love that. You know, he's a guy that could run for 800, 900 yards this year. Spec, thanks for doing the full hour and a half. Uh, Mark will rejoin us next Tuesday on Oilers Now. Tomorrow, our Legends of the Game series for touchback safety in studio. The man had a legendary run in 2016, or sorry, 2006, Fernando Pisani. Tonight, Inside Sports with guest host Dave Campbell. Eskimos long snapper Ryan King. Golden Bears hockey GM Stan Marple. And free footy founder and director Tim Adams. All right. I saw Stan and Ian last night, Ian Herbers, John Winwick. Chris Noble and the gang from ATB uh, at an event last night, so they're in good spirits. Uh, I would be too after the recruiting class they had. Up next, the news, weather, traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan, followed by the 630 chat afternoon news with Jalen and I. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.